And welcome back. We don't know where the storm is going, do we? And there's a huge economic storm out there. And part of it is not knowing when enough is enough to cool inflation. We've got an economy that needs to be cooled, and we have bank rates that are going up and affecting everything. We have the situation that's happening in Ukraine with Russia's invasion, and we know all eyes on how the winter is going to work. How will that affect the supply chain, the weaponizing of oil and gas? And now we have a hint from Tiff Macklin, the head of the Bank of Canada, that more rake heights are needed. Aaron Woodrick is joining us, Director of Domestic Policy, McDonald Laurier Institute, and formerly of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Aaron, good evening. Hey, thanks for having me, Arlene. I kind of expect this, but do Canadians expect this, Aaron? You know, first it was, it's not going to be too bad. Interest rates are very low, which is still really true if we put it into context. However, the fact that more rate hikes are needed to cool the inflation means that things have to get worse before they get better. Aaron, I'm, I'm sure you're not shocked here. No, I'm not. I mean, it is, uh, I mean, Tiff Lackham is right in that inflation is still running rampant. Um, you know, he has, has done a full mea culpa. He recognized the bank was asleep at the switch. They didn't understand the dynamics at play. They were really slow off the mark to get after inflation. And now they're getting after it. And, you know, you're right, Arlene, historically, you know, four or 5%, I've, I've got a variable rate mortgage myself, so I'm feeling the pinch. But, uh, you know, for a whole generation, interest rates have been low for so long that, there, you know, a lot of younger people today, they have no concept of 15, 20 percent interest rates. Right. That's that that that's a real uh, that's what you call high interest rates. So uh, if anything, we're learning uh, the importance of why inflation needs to be kept under control, because once it starts to rise, it's a lot of painful medicine to try and get it back under control. It is. And as we saw it, this party go on and on and on, what did we see? We saw people, some people using their homes as ATM machines. People had yep. no concept that borrowing money had a cost to it. And now, as you say, there's a great education going on. You know, we're watching what's happening around the world, and, and we know that it's going to go up again in the United States. What do you say, Aaron? I mean, I, I think people are very adaptable. Are they going to adapt to this? Yeah, I think it's going to take a little while, though, right? I mean, because because of the, the strength of the inflation, people see it in everything they do, right? Whether it's filling up your, your car with gas, whether it's going to the grocery store. I mean, this stuff starts to add up. So, you know, I, I do think if there's any lesson here, it's that we were, ve- we were very complacent. There were a lot of people who were sort of musing, you know, before the pandemic, if we'd, we'd reached the end of history on inflation, right? Like it was always going to be low forever. And that led to, as you say, a lot of really unwise borrowing and over-leveraging and, and frankly, things like governments running up debt so if i hope if anything this is a lesson that things can change pretty quickly and when they do it can it can be pretty painful it is and you've just talked about governments we all remember 2015 uh, justin trudeau uh, standing there and i remember as he he and in the debate and he settled his feet and went i'm gonna run a deficit you know, Aaron, I remember when nobody, deficits were just so out of style from the left or the right and all that third way stuff from around the world. Mm-hmm. And now it was such a dramatic move. So there's a there's also a great revelation that's got to happen to this government. It's really easy to send all that money everywhere when it doesn't cost much. So everybody is on a learning curve here. 
Well, yeah, and we're going to see whether the government is uh, is going to have a come to Jesus moment on the deficits because you've even got Mark Carney wrote, writing a piece who's you know very affiliated with this current government um, saying now's not the time to increase your deficit. So you know <laughs> they, they've been in office seven years, they run deficits every year, including well before the pandemic. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're actually able to follow the bank because the bank is raising interest rates to, to drive down aggregate to the demand, and I wonder if the government is going to take some steps to pull back spending. Um, So we'll see. Uh, I remain skeptical, but I'd love to be pleasantly surprised. It's true, though. They're going to have to find another way of doing things, because if voters have to find another way of doing things, well, they're going to be looking for it being mirrored in their government. These things happen so fast, Aaron, when they get transferred to the government. It's, I mean, it was so many years. Deficits were just Mm -hmm. the most negative thing. I mean, we all remember Paul Martin and his prowess at slashing, 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 and he was a liberal. I mean, maybe the next liberal leader that comes along might just do it and write on Paul Martin's coattails there. Well, yeah, and and people who are around will remember it was a painful process. It was hard to get back to a balance. And that, again, was exactly why you don't want to plunge yourself into deficits. And, you know, obviously none of us saw the pandemic coming, but one of the arguments I used to make in my last role was part of the reason that you don't want to run deficits in the good times is because you want to sort of build up that that uh, that nest egg for the bad times. And this government didn't do that. So when we were hit by the pandemic, we were already sort of behind the eight ball because they'd spent all the good times sort of racking up uh, big deficits and debt. You know, there's this thing, and Tiff Macklin wants Canadians to know that they're attempting to restore stability. You know, that's what Canadians are looking to the government. We know the new conservative leader really riding high on that. But can it be done by a government, Aaron? I mean, Bank of Canada's talking about it because they, they effectively make monetary policy. But can a government do it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the government has the power to spend. The bank has the power to to raise and lower interest rates. So they've got to work, uh, you know, in in tandem to get things under control. The challenge, though, and this is a bit of a catch-22 for the government. On the one hand, they say, well, it's not our fault. There's nothing we can do. It's a global problem. It's global supply chains. It's the war. But on the other hand, they're like, well, don't worry about it. We've got it under control. And it's sort of like, well, it can't be both of those things. Either it's under your control or it's not. And it may not be, Arlene. I mean, things like the war are obviously not within Justin Trudeau's control. I have a lot of gripes about his policy decisions, but I can't blame him for the fact that Russia cuts off, you know, gas supplies to to Europe, right? So, um, you know, the government is in a bit of a a bind in that, um, and and the bank as well, frankly. I mean, the Bank of Canada has suffered a bit of a credibility loss as a result of their, you know, misforecasting on inflation. And so they're really desperate to get their credibility back. They really want to earn that credibility back. But the problem is, um, you know, again, the war and Russia is out of their control too. So a lot of these factors that are pushing up inflation, you know, the question is how far is Tiff Macklin willing to go when raising interest rates to to battle back uh, this uh, this inflation risk? Well, uh, when we look, Aaron, when we look at the United States, they're going to go, they're going to take a few more steps. Canada has to stay in step with the United States. So it's pretty clear whatever we see happen in the United States almost has to be mirrored here. 
I think so. And I also think that, uh, you know, people ask whether there will be a recession. I'm pretty confident there will be. It's just a matter of how big it will be. Um, the government, uh, the bank says it wants to try and thread the needle and they call it a soft landing. Well, I think the soft, the soft landing is, is going to be, uh, it's still going to be a recession. I mean, hopefully if we're lucky, it's a really shallow sort of short one. Um, but uh, the, the bank here, unfortunately, Arlene, they, they run the risk of doing the opposite. Last time they didn't act quickly enough. Now they may be doing too much or going for too long um, and that'll that'll tip the economy back into a recession. I know, but they might need one. We see it happening in the UK. We, we also seeing it happen. Some believe it's already there in the United States. That's the thing about recessions. By the time we realize they, they've happened or they're happening, they're almost over. Yeah, that's true. The, the other inflationary issue is the, the labor market, right? I mean, part of this was the pandemic, which kind of scrambled the deck. You had a lot of people switching careers, of course, people staying home. Um, but one thing that happened early that I don't think got enough press is people who took retirement. Some people who were planning on retiring in a few years, they just retired. Most people are not coming back and that's created some labor shortages. And so that's causing a lot of cost issues for employers. Um, they have to pay more to get people and in turn they have to raise prices so there's other inflationary pressures that are going to be hard for uh, tiff macklem to address i want to ask you we're going to get into it in more detail later on in the show but there's a feeling that people don't get it i mean do you think people get it do they understand do they think okay this is a few more months i'm going to plan my mortgage for a couple of years or do people realize this has happened before there has been hardship like this before and and it could happen again. Are people prepared for that? I mean, it was a heck of a party, Aaron. It really was. Yeah, I'm not sure people uh, have wrapped their heads around it, to be honest. And I think yeah. part of that is because of the timing of this, um, because it's coming right after the pandemic. I think a lot of people are just blaming the pandemic. Um, and, and there's no question that was that was a big part of what's going on here. But even if you take that out of it, um, I think the war alone and the and the energy and the supply chain shocks, that alone would probably have caused a good chunk of this problem. So I, I'm not sure people that were still sort of new at this uh, fast inflation thing has been about a year now. I think it's going to take a little while longer for people to realize, wait a minute, this this could actually be kind of a semi-permanent state of affairs. And we're going to see how people react to that. It could change the mood of the country, Aaron. <laughs> it's already it's kind of changed. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Aaron Woodrick, Director of Domestic Policy, McDonald Laurier Institute, formerly Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Aaron, thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Right. It's, it really is. There's all this revelation, isn't it? We talk about uh, storms are going to get more frequent. We're talking about our, our institutions. And then we're looking at stuff that people took for granted. Wow. A lot of things just swirling and change and being hit with stuff. Never mind Hockey Canada. We can throw them in using the same description. I'm Arlene Bunn, and this is On Point.